0: Yeah, I didn't know this, but Benjamin Franklin actually wanted to tie the U.S. dollar to real estate. Now, of course, that didn't happen. It was tied to gold at the time, but our guest today would have probably tied it to real estate. In fact, he's a resident of a startup country in a secret place in Europe that's built on blockchain. Super interesting. So if you're curious about that and you're curious to to find out more about what blockchain has to do with real estate, then this is gonna be the show today, super fascinating. So before we get into the conversation with Michael Flight, I wanna give a shout out to Juan C who left us a review on Amazon for the Yellow Book. He says, highly recommend Michael's book if you're interested in learning about commercial real estate investing, this book is all you need. It's a step-by-step system that includes examples, scripts, software resources, everything you need to succeed. And in fact, that book also has a free companion course where we have a bunch of videos where I show, for example, how to analyze a deal, what I'm talking about. So if you haven't already, go to Amazon, check out that book. It's like 10 bucks for the Kindle. Awesome. I also wanna do, a, I always highlight people who have done, their first deal or have quit their job. And today's Jared Joplin. He's a first deal. He closed on a 33-unit deal worth $3 million in San Marcos, Texas. He was one of our mentor students. Not every first deal maker is, but he was. He's worked with Brad Tasha. Brad was one of our first mentors. He's been with me for a long time. He has a super high success record with students, and it looks like Jared was the most recent one, so that is awesome. You know, things always change with how we do deals, and it changes. to market changes, and people are still doing deals. Which is awesome. So if you have done a first deal, okay, or if you've done several deals, and you've maybe quit your job, and one of our programs has really significantly influenced you, right? It could be just as simple as, as the podcast or the book and inspired you to go out and do a deal or was a syndicated deal analyzer. or it was one of our other training programs. If that was you and we don't know who you are, we'd love to know who you are. Just send an email to support at com, and just let us know, hey, I did a deal. You guys, you know, your program was super helpful and we'd like to know about that because we want to send you these first deal maker coins. We have these first deal maker coins that we send out to people. We award them at dealmaker Live. Every summer. For some reason, you can't go, we'll mail them to you. There's also the freedom coins when you quit your job as well. So we'd love to hear from you. Support at themichaelblank.com. Also, if you do want to get started with investing in syndications, you haven't done your first deal, maybe you've done some single family house investing, and it's not quite working, but you really want to get into syndications, you want to scale, you don't want to avoid the bigger mistakes, and why don't you consider working with a mentor? Like we literally make our entire team of syndication experts available to you through our mentoring program. To check it out, go to themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor and just schedule a call with us. The point of these calls is to create clarity with you about what's important in your life and then point you in the right direction. So check that out if that's you. Let's get on to our show here with Michael Flight. He calls himself the godfather of blockchain real estate and is a self-proclaimed security token evangelist, though his background really is commercial real estate. He started back in the 90s. He's been around a lot. He's also a resident of something called Lieberland is so funny. It's a startup country at seven square kilometers, somewhere between Croatia and Serbia. It's a real thing. Okay. And it's built on blockchain. And it's super interesting. So we're going to talk about crypto, blockchain, cryptocurrency, all this stuff, Bitcoin, whatever. And what does it mean? And, you know, I'm watching this from the outside as well. And I have some, you know, some false beliefs about what all these things do. And we talk about a lot of the things that you may be wondering about as well. And, and most importantly, how is it going to affect your life, your daily life as you go about your business? And also, how does it affect real estate? And you'll find that it solves some of the problems around syndications around liquidity and ab- an inability to borrow against it. And we talk about what's going on right now and where Michael sees the trends going with blockchain. Let's get right the interview with Michael Flight. Michael, welcome to the show today.
1: Hey, Michael, thank you for inviting me on.
0: Yeah, it's great to see you again. It's been a little while since we hung out together. But the question I have to ask you because I didn't know this is that you're actually a resident of Liberland, which is some kind of startup country near Serbia and Croatia that's built on blockchain. So, all right, you had me. You had me at what is that? And how are you a resident? We talk about that. It's crazy.
1: Well, I was hanging around a bunch of like pretty libertarian, freedom minded people, and they started talking about this startup country in the middle of Europe. And then a guy that was working for me actually, you know, was a resident there and was on one of the organizing committees. And so I started getting involved with it. They, you know, kind of sucked me into helping them put together a free trade zone in Serbia. And, you know, I worked my way towards citizenship and residency because I, number one, I believe in financial freedom. Number two, I believe in political freedom. And number three, I believe in always having options. And so it's like, what the heck? Why not uh, get involved with Libra? And it's been a fantastic group of people. And they actually got me further into you know blockchain and real estate.
0: Well, it's interesting, right? So what does that have to do with blockchain? The the entire
1: governance is on blockchain, so it's out in the open, and so you can see the constitution. You can see all the changes of the constitution, and you can see, you know, what all the if if you pay taxes, taxes are voluntary, and you know what money is spent on and everything. So it's a it's a transparent way to run a government. Yeah, it's
0: interesting. If you guys you check it out, just Google Lieberland. It's kind of interesting. Like it's it looks like this. Weird made up thing, but there's some seriousness around it. I mean, there's it's like a serious thing. It's like it's a real thing. It's not like some made up thing that Michael made up. But Lieberland is interesting. And what it's, I it always sound,
1: tell the people in, involved with it it's like it's the ultimate real estate deal. Start your own country.
0: <laughs> I know it. Yeah, we talked about that real estate guys when we hung out. when There was there was someone talking about sovereign countries that are floating islands. Right, right. Right. And that was the first time I had heard about that. And I was like, oh my gosh, sovereign countries are floating islands. And if you don't like the government, you can just decouple and float away somewhere else. <laughs> you know, I think that's really That's really cool. But we're off topic. The topic, of course, is crypto blockchain. What does it have to do with real estate? Now, I, I know that you you are. I mean, you're you're a big blockchain kind of guy now, but you weren't before. Talk about your journey into kind of embracing cryptocurrency and blockchain. Like, what did that look like?
1: Sure. Well, I've been in the real estate business since 1986 primarily in shopping centers, and we started our company in 1990 and primarily working with large institutional investors and larger shopping center projects. We've done a lot with triple net properties, and we were some of the first people to do demawing. So taking a mall, and if it's, you know, vacant and didn't have a lot going on for it, we demawed it and repurposed it. And, you know, some of the highlights of my career, we've had movies in Wayne's World, the movie Wanted with Angelina Jolie and Morgan Freeman and The Sopranos. So that's, you know, what you can get involved with when you do retail real estate. So, as I said, I started hanging around with a lot of smart people. They're way smarter than me and way richer than me. And they were all talking about blockchain and Bitcoin and, and things like that. And they're primarily freedom minded people. And so I didn't understand what was going on with Bitcoin. And I usually say to people that the reason why I didn't understand is because I went to a public school, so I can't do math and I didn't understand. And so I kept, you know, it didn't compute with me because I'm a hard asset guy. It's like, why not just tie it to real estate? Why not just tie it to gold? Why not tie it to something like that? and so when i eventually I, I now understand a lot about bitcoin and, and what the investment thesis with bitcoin is but it really dawned on me and it especially dawned on me when one of the guys i was talking to said it's a value transfer network and so when i coupled a blockchain with well it's like a phone system like verizon or like at&t but instead of sending communications You can actually send money, assets, or value. And so when I did that, it's like, okay, so you don't know how email works. You don't necessarily have to know how a blockchain works. All you need to do is know that if you put the asset up and somebody buys the asset and they put the money up, the value transfer goes through immediately. And it doesn't matter whether I'm here in Chicago, you're there in Virginia, or it's somebody in Singapore or it's somebody you know in argentina it, it goes through and it's worldwide
0: it, it highlights the fact that i think when people say cryptocurrency they confuse the technology with the investment vehicle like everybody hears bitcoin and the only reason people are in bitcoin is they think they can get rich right but really most many people are more fascinated by the technology behind it which is what you're referring to right now so when you say cryptocurrency blockchain you're not necessarily referring to the, an investment vehicle in the cryptocurrency itself.
1: Is that right? You're, that, you're, exactly, you're referring... 100% correct. So, okay. if you look at blockchain, so Bitcoin is two different things. Number one, it's a network and it's a value transfer network, and that's the Bitcoin network. And then there's Bitcoin, which is the token that's traded on. And so those coins are used to use the network. But Also, you know, Bitcoin has an investment thesis that there's only going to be 21 million of them made. And so it's going to be like digital gold. So it's a lot harder to, you know, stuff your pockets with, you know, giant things of gold. You can just have it all up in your head and walk out of a country like Venezuela or, you know, perhaps, you know, hopefully not, you know, if you need to walk out of the United States, you can have it all up in your head. And, you know, that's where your wealth is
0: so crypto Bitcoin, on the one hand, is a way to get money out of the system, also w- easy to transfer instantaneously from one one to another. When you're talking about the value network of transferring money or assets, it's like a wire transfer also exactly. but how but Thai cryptocurrency. Or blockchain, more to real estate, right? Because how does real estate even relate to, you know, Bitcoin or crypto any of that stuff? Like, where's the yeah draws the connection? Okay,
1: there. well, so we're in the the you know business of investing in value, you know, and we're in the business of owning value, so. And, and you are you know somebody that does you know multifamily syndications. So if I wanted to get into one of your, there's a there's a few different ways to do it. But the simplest thing is is that you have an apartment building, you want to sell it to me. We can tokenize that and we can do the transfer and the transfer can go through. And as long as I put up the money and you put up the apartment building and the transfer goes through, that's the simple thing. What I'm more interested in is syndications and how you can make syndications more efficient and how you can make syndications more accessible to a wider audience of people. Because as you and I both know, you know, real estate is the best investment in the world. It's the most stable investment in the world. It's the only thing that gives you cash flow and all the rest of it. So I said instead of like having people gamble in the stock market what if we made it easier to invest in, you know, commercial real estate that's income producing and all the rest of it.
0: All right, so that's interesting Michael. Now now we're getting somewhere. So how how does tokenization or blockchain or any of this kind of stuff make syndications more accessible to more people?
1: The simple answer is is that you and I both do probably typical 506c syndications, 506b syndications, so they're eligible for accredited investors. That whole process is all done in paper. So, you know, there might be docu signs, there might be this, there might be that, but not only do you have to track all that on paper and then you make your payouts in paper and you might send checks out in paper. What this does is the shares are all the same. So, let's say we have a Michael Blanc apartment and let's just say for ease of use cuz I told you I don't do math all the investors it's a it's a total equity raise of $100,000 and each you know equity investor can put $10,000 in so those shares if we did it the traditional way you know you know how to do that you would distribute that and all the rest of it with a security token offering it would be exactly the same thing except it would all be digital and those shares would be recorded to a blockchain And so the key thing about that then is those shares are now tradable. So after a one-year lockup period, the investors in those shares could potentially trade them to accredited or non-accredited investors. And also it helps you out because it makes it easier, number one, for you to keep track of your investors, makes it easier and less expensive for you to pay your investors. So with the security tokens, your investors can get paid as an ACH to payment directly to their bank account or they could choose to take their money in what's called a USD stablecoin so it's a a dollar stablecoin or they could take it in in some form of crypto so your investors could be like they might be US citizens but they might be living in Costa Rica So instead of having that all go through a U.S. bank and then having to get it out of uh, it, it all goes directly. Their money goes with them.
0: Now, this got to be governed somehow. Does the SEC govern any of this stuff at all? Or are you like outside the system?
1: This is 100% governed. These are so our Liberty Fund offering is a 506C. It's all the same regulations that you would have. The one-year lockup period is something that you know been you know approved by the SEC. All the trading is regulated. You have to do for your investors what's called a KYC and an AML. So you need to know your customer, and you need to make sure they're not doing money laundering. And you have to do your accredited investor checks. There's people out there that are doing things not legally and. We started messing around with this probably in in 2019, and it took us over two years to like completely figure it out. We actually had to like explain to the tokenization platform, you know, how to do real estate, you know, legally and all the rest of it. So it is, you know, 100% legal and it's a regulated, you know, per all the um, SEC regulations.
0: All right. So, so if an LLP has a tokenized investment, let's say it's $10,000, like you said, and now under what circumstances can that person sell their shares? Can they sell part of their shares? Or does it have to be the whole $10,000? And then what is the process of actually selling their shares?
1: Well, so that's a good question. It would all depend on the operating documents, but most of it. So for example, in our fund, let's say somebody bought $100,000 worth and each of the shares were worth $10,000. What this does, it allows them to do estate planning. So I've got two kids. And so I could give you know, 30,000 of the shares to one son, 30,000 shares to the other son and keep 40,000 for my wife and I. You could do any number of things like that. You could also just decide you're gonna sell off part of them And some of the other things that are coming down the the pike is that you, unlike in a syndication now, you could potentially borrow against your shares so you could get margin. So if you like what your investment is, you like, I'm invested with Michael Blanc and things are going fantastic. And I know things are going fantastic. You could potentially deposit your shares and borrow against them like, you know, perhaps 50% and free up some of that money to use for something like another investment, or, you know, if you just have one of those life emergencies or have to pay for a wedding.
0: This is very interesting where technology actually solves problems. And one of them is the only downside for investing in commercial real estate is a lack of liquidity, right? Right. You're like, oh gosh, you have them a hundred thousand for five to seven years. Ah, that's awful. Right. Everything else is super awesome. And what I'm hearing you say that if you tokenize the investment, you actually create a market for that security that you can sell and get some liquidity out of.
1: Theoretically, I'd never tell anybody like the people that were talking to me in like 2019, 2020 and still today are all talking about this, you know, massive liquidity and I'm like, well, you know, even on the stock market if it's like You know, a thinly traded stock, there's not a tremendous amount of liquidity, but there's liquidity options. And so the liquidity options are, you know, perhaps you can borrow against it. You could list it and just, I could go to you and say, Michael, I've got this, you know, investment in one of these properties with somebody else. Are you interested in investing in this? And we could just trade it peer to peer. So if we both agreed that the shares are worth $10,000. As long as you put up to $10,000 and I put up the shares, the trade goes through. You could also list them with a securities broker, and the securities broker could then sell them. And then there's these things called ATSs, which are mini exchanges. So there's much more liquidity options for you as an investor. And like I say, for sponsors, I believe this is going to really help sponsors take care of a lot of their investor management stuff that they've got. You know, a lot of overhead with, you know, dealing with investors and trying to service investors, making sure investors have the best experience possible. A lot of this stuff is automatically tracked on the blockchain. Cause at the end of the day, most people hear blockchain and they say, What is that? It's basically like a giant ledger, it's like a giant Excel spreadsheet that everybody can point to and say, This is the real ledger. And we can see that everybody agrees that this is the ledger.
0: If you want to work with a full-time syndicator to help you get up to speed faster, get your first deal done this year and scale your portfolio so you can quit your job, then check out our mentoring program. It's at themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. It's the only program out there that actually guarantees results. That's right. We actually guarantee that you do your first deal in the first year. Otherwise, we'll keep working with you and set up a a strategy session call and explore whether it's right for you. It's themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. Now, how does one do any of this stuff? You mentioned, uh, by the by, there's tokenization platforms, et cetera. Like, if, if we wanted to offer syndication via the, on the blockchain, crazy stuff, how would one
1: do it? Well, you would, number one, I always recommend, and we have an event coming up this week the Blockchain Real Estate Summit. And we did that event last year and we're doing again this year, but it's all about education as to how sponsors can do this and how investors can invest in these types of things. But what we always start with, and it's the boring part, is the attorneys and the accountants. And so in order to go about it, you need your syndication documents, your offering memorandum and your operating agreement uh, there's specific clauses in there that say these things at, you know, the syndicators, these things can actually trade and be issued to a blockchain. So it doesn't mean, so what I always tell syndicators is is that you don't necessarily have to go out and issue these to a blockchain. You don't have to go out and tokenize them. you don't have to do anything. But I would recommend in all your future documents, Talk to an attorney that has experience with this and at least put that in there so that you're ready for it if it becomes a thing or if it becomes something that you want to do or if your investors come to you and say, hey, there's all these people doing this. Why can't you do this? You can just point to the documents and say, hey, we're we're already way ahead of you on that. We can do that. And now that there's a market and now that there's you know the tokenization platforms that are going to give you a good experience, we're considering doing this.
0: Interesting. So, uh, when are these tokenization platforms ready? Like, could one do it now? You get the right attorney, CPA. They, att- uh, you know, they attend your your summit. And they're like, this is the coolest thing ever, and now I say, let's go. Are these things actually ready for prime
1: time? I'm going to give you my honest answer, and no, they they are not ready for prime time. And and the reason why I say that, and I I'm saying this as somebody that is friends with, has worked with, and actually issued tokens. They're still early adopter phase. And so the large majority of them are set up for crypto investors. And so we've had to go through and rework a lot of the stuff that, you know, on the platform that we were working with to say, nobody knows, and and I'm just going to throw out some buzzwords here, but none of my real estate investors know what a MetaMask wallet is. They don't even know (laughs) what a crypto wallet is. And so if they have to and I'm a guy that like actually has been doing this for a while and knows you know what all this stuff is, it took me two days to set up a metamask wallet, you know and so if you're expecting real estate investors to jump into this and that's why we have you know problems with our fund because there was a lot of people that it was just a stretch too far there was just too many steps involved and it was complicated and clunky. So we are working on trying to make that experience much better. It has to be like somebody just signing up for Fidelity or Vanguard or even, you know, for the kids out there, Robinhood. That's what the investor experience needs to be. And it's not quite there yet. The other thing that, you know, we're working on is having it so that people don't necessarily have to know what a wallet is. It's like, this is your account. And, you know, your account follows you around the world. And so, you know, it's called the wallet, but in, in essence, you log in, here's your investor, you know, portal, and here's, you know, how much you have, here's what, you know, things, if you wanted to list them, here's what you can do. And once all that's in place, which it's, it's not quite there yet, but I'm like, going to you know, go out on a limb and say that, you know, within the next year, things are going to be much easier. You're going to see a bunch more people saying, yeah, this is for me now, because it's like easy. I don't, I, I, all I got to do is pick the horse, which, you know, I like Michael Blanc and Michael Blanc is doing this. So he's done a good job for me. That's what I'm interested in.
0: It's interesting. I think I think Bitcoin, crypto. I, I still don't think it's it's anywhere near mainstream because it's complicated. Right. It's very technical. It uses different words. <laughs> and you're right. There's no reason to call something a wallet when it's just really another word for account. Well, then freaking call it an account. Okay. I get a checking account and a in a Bitcoin account. All right. I wrap my head around that. Right. You know. No, number one. And the other thing, just looking in from the outside in, me being a real estate investor and watching Bitcoin from a distance, I associate Bitcoin and cryptocurrency with volatility. Right. You know, yes. Going way up, way down. Right now we're way up. We're way up. I, it's said like, you know, like the US US dollar stable coin. See, I don't know if a lot of people know that. But if i want to store basically cash equivalents in in cryptocurrency, I can use the stable coin. Talk about that because I don't know if a lot of people know this.
1: Yeah, well, there's things called stable coins out there. And so it's kind of like a bridge between, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum and some of these other things. So, for example, you would want to use a USD stablecoin because instead of doing a bank wire where I'm wiring you money, like, let's say I, I, I can give you a concrete example. I had to wire money to Dubai and they wanted the exact slip and they wanted to know. And then they wanted to be able to call the bank to say that the bank actually wired it. And seven days later, the wire never got there because oh, wow. the wire was lost. So, and with sending like USDC, it's tied to the value of the dollar, but I could send you that money and you would know like pretty much within one minute, whether the money was there or not, whether again, whether you're in Virginia, whether you're on vacation in Bora Bora, or whether you're in Europe, the the money just goes through instantly. So that's what the attraction is. And then furthermore, if you've got this USD stable coin, or any other type of cryptocurrency in your wallet again if i'm you know vacationing in panama or if i'm like living you know part time in the winter cuz i don't like the winters in chicago so i want to like live down in costa rica i have that money and i don't have to go through a bank to get my money so that's you know some of the conveniences and that's what if you just forget what all the buzzwords are in blockchain and crypto and if you just say value transfer networks Mm -hmm. and i own my own assets now so for example if they're invested in the michael blanc security token offering each one of those shares that they have they know they have it and it's not in a file drawer it's like that share follows them around so if you're paying cash flow out monthly if you're paying cash flow out quarterly those shares can pay directly into your wallet which is following you around the globe
0: now what about concerns that I can lose my wallet which I've done or my wallet could be hacked? Like how is that addressed in the crypto world?
1: Well, with normal cryptocurrency like Bitcoin if your wallet is hacked, more than likely you're going to lose your stuff. And there with normal cryptocurrency, there's a lot of scams out there, there's a lot of things and you know, they'll tell you that you can make 40% and you know, on that stuff, you just need to stay away from it because it's like it, it's kind of like a real estate deal. If it sounds too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. And you know, if you're doing something that has a 40%, you you could, you know, there are people out there doing it, but there might be some risk involved. So you need to decide how much risk is involved. But with security tokens, since security tokens are regulated and since they're issued and since you as the issuer, like Michael Block, or me as the issuer, Michael Flight, knows who it is. If your tokens get hacked, you could just tell us. And what we do is we burn those tokens. Those tokens are, are gone. And then, of course, we, we go through the process and reissue them. If you can't get into your wallet or something happens, again, we can reissue them. This is not cryptocurrency. These are regulated shares.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. So, where where do you see this going? I mean, it sounds like we're in the super early adopter phase. You're obviously fascinated by it, right? Right. But you do see implications to to how we transact real estate. Where do you see this going? Like paint us a picture.
1: Well, I do see that number one, this essentially like Bitcoin. If you even look at the white paper, it was set up as a payments network. And so, you know, a lot of your stuff might be paid online. You know, we've got that now, but you know it's clunky it's through credit cards it's through ach payments so people might be paying their rent to you in some sort of cryptocurrency or some sort of you know stable coin there might be transactions and contracts that are all done on blockchain and they're kept track of so when certain milestones for example you know in a construction payout if you're doing a construction project and the title company does certain payouts Now that it might all be like put online. And so that, you know, that the title company is still going to be there, but it's trusted. And as soon as you can prove that these milestones are hit, it's released. And they're doing that with, you know, gas exploration and gas, you know, all the way through you know to end delivery there's there's companies out there right now tracking this stuff on blockchain. Walmart tracks a lot of fruits and vegetables on blockchain so that if they have to recall something for Salmonella, they know exactly where it was and everybody that touched it through the process and where all those were distributed from so that's one of the, the great things about it it's like you're going to be able to get a, a better accounting and you're going to have a live accounting but number two, what I see is that you're going to expose a lot more people because this is going to bring down the cost of like actually issuing shares to investors. And so you're going to have a lot more people throughout the world. There's $280 trillion of real estate in the world. And right now, like the cryptocurrency market is about $1 trillion, and the stock markets, I, I forget how many trillion they are, but they're, you know, real estate dwarfs everything. So if you can tokenize just a portion of that, you unlock all that value for people. So people can not only sell those things, they can borrow against it, use it as capital to create more capital. Or the greater thing is more investors throughout the world can actually invest in quality real estate.
0: That's interesting. I mean, things like uh, liquidity, borrowing against it, that's not possible today. Right. I'm curious that regular is going to have to jump in at one point, because if I can just if I can sell shares to anyone with some kind of cryptocurrency anywhere in the world, right? I don't know exactly who they are. I don't know how to satisfy money laundering. There's probably a process for that. I can only take like like right now, you know, there are tax implications for taking international money. I have to know that this is an international person and there's certain paperwork I have to do. Now, with with Bitcoin, I don't necessarily know if they're overseas or not. I mean, it could be anywhere. Right. Right. So
1: right. I'm wondering but, what, what's going to happen to the regulators. Yeah. In, in this investor. So, again, there's a process. So each one of your investors, you do it now because, you know, most of your investors, but each one of your investors has to go through a KYC check and they have to go through an anti-money laundering check to make sure that they're not on the Interpol list, You can't take investors from, you know, in the United States, if you're doing an offering in the United States, you can't take investors from North Korea and certain other, you know, and so the tokens are all coded for that. So if somebody is coming in, number one, they're not going to be able to invest in the token unless they've gone through this. And then if they're a U.S. investor, they have to go through the extra step of proving that they are an accredited investor.
0: That's interesting. So you get a basically you get you get an approved token if you've you talked about tracking these milestones, right. supply chain milestones. So if you've gone through this verification and that check, then you basically get an approved token and with that token you can do certain transactions and if you don't have that approval then you can't.
1: Right. So you're basically approved as an investor and then you can own the token. So the tokens then are coded so that there's what's called a whitelist. So there's approved you know, places. So let's say a n- new investor comes in and they're in the UK. Well, that's an approved place. But let's say another investor comes in and they might just happen to unfortunately live in Iran. And so that's not going to be an approved place or, you know, somebody that, has nothing to do with the regime in North Korea, but they're unfortunately not going to be able to invest in your thing because, you know, the laws of the United States. And the other thing is, is that if you issue these tokens, you can sell them to non-U.S. investors, but you might have to comply with laws in Europe or some other place if you're actively marketing them in, let's say, Singapore or, you know... Uh, Europe or something like that. So there there are regulations throughout the globe. It is
0: fascinating. If I'm an investor in the UK and and I get all these these certifications, I can now use that token with a variety of operators. I don't have to authenticate myself every single time. You know, if someone brings me a bunch of paperwork about some money laundering check they've done and some background check, I'm like, I don't know. Like, how do you know this thing's real, right? But if you have a token. Now you can they can use that and it'll open doors for 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 people. I think it's interesting. It is definitely definitely interesting, Michael. It's been super interesting and fascinating on how we can you know apply blockchain to real estate. I just like where the, where your mind's going with this stuff. How can people find out more about you and what you're doing?
1: Well, we number one have the blockchain real estate summit. It's happening this week, so by the time this episode airs, it's not going to be around. But you can still go to the website. And there is going to be a replay that you're going to be able to do. We also publish information on tokenization up on that website. Or they could go to our website, which is libertyfund.io. That's libertyfund.io. We have a special report on tokenization. They can sign up for and get that report. It'll tell them a lot more about you know, how the tokenization process works. We also have a ton of education on the LibertyFund.io website, and we're adding more and more education on the BlockchainRealEstateSummit.com website. And really, most of this stuff is about education. Liberty Fund also has more of a focus on triple net properties. So if you ever wanted to learn anything about a triple net property, how they work and, you know, shopping centers. I primarily work with retail real estate, so that's what it is, but if you're interested in that, you know, by all means, we try to put out as much educational content as possible.
0: Really awesome, Michael. Thanks so much for being on the show today.
1: Thank you, Michael.
0: So definitely follow Michael Flight and see what he's got going. Download his freebie and learn a little bit more about blockchain and also his fund. He does triple net investing, which is cool. We do multifamily investments. And if you want to invest passively with us, our investment firm is called NighthawkEquity.com. Just go to NighthawkEquity.com and click the join button, schedule a call with us, and then we'll share with you some of our upcoming investment opportunities and i told michael after the call that once he gets in beta phase of this tokenization platform man i'd love to take it for a spin that would be the coolest thing to offer these syndications via a token man that's so cool i don't really understand it all the way but it does sound very interesting to me because it does solve some of those issues illiquidity right and also ability to borrow against your investment to create additional liquidity of that and that's really cool i just want to comment really on cryptocurrency a little bit like i said i watch it from afar And I just know and just dealing with people that, you know, have made lots of money and then lost a lot of money at the same thing. And it reminds me of a condition. It's a medical and mental condition that I suffered from. And maybe you suffer from the same thing. It's called shiny objectitis. Okay, here's what I mean. It's like you you always, there's so many shiny objects out there and your head just spins about this and that and this and that. And I want to caution against that. And and the reason we're affected by shiny objectitis is because we grow bored with stuff. You know, I grow bored with stuff. Like I figure something out and I see it working one time. I'm like, oh, okay, got that figured out. Let's move on. What happens though when you do that is that you don't give that thing time to actually mature. They say that the average business doesn't really become profitable until about five years, that's a long time, you got the startup phase. And of course, the failure rate is super high. But really, what needs to happen is that you need to get your business to a, a level of stability. Now, in my case, I do get bored when things stabilize, okay, but I've solved it and the way I solve that is by hiring someone or someone's a team to continue executing that. So, for example, you know, if you're flipping houses, you know, as misguided as might as it might be, we talk about it on this on this podcast, you really should get in apartment buildings. But it doesn't mean you should stop flipping houses if it's working right rather than stopping flipping houses can can you hire someone to run that business for you so it generates ongoing cash flow and now it becomes passive for you right it's the same it's the same thing here so what I'm saying is don't give your business any business time to really flourish and syndication is is the same is the same way and the reason I'm tying this back to crypto is i I almost feel like I missed a boat on crypto right when back and it was three thousand then five thousand ten thousand sixty thousand dollars I'm like daggone it I almost didn't bought I almost bought one. And I'm like, man, I don't understand this thing. I don't, and no one, even smart people, were unable to explain to me the fundamentals of crypto. Not just the investing, but what's driving prices, right? With real estate, you know what's driving prices. With gold, you know what's kind of driving prices. With stock, you know, you can, you can say, oh, this stock is over-undervalued. Why? Because there's fundamentals driving the stock price. Now there's bubbles that inflate or deflate, but there's fundamentals around that. And with crypto, I just wasn't able to see that until still to this to this day. But a lot of people are now are caught in, go, in going against them because they felt like me. Almost. I am. I FOMO. I'm missing out on this thing. I need to get into stuff. So be really careful about that. And the only thing I want to say about that is be really clear about what you want. Back to flipping houses, which I did, I flipped three dozen houses. I was not clear about what I wanted. In my mind, I wanted financial freedom through real estate. And to me, flipping houses was that, which it wasn't of course, because flipping houses is very active, which I now know, should have known beforehand, right? So be really clear about what you're pursuing and where it's gonna lead you. For example, investing, investing in crypto, does that give you passive income and financial freedom? No, it could make you super rich or super poor, but it doesn't lead you to that. Same thing with flipping houses or opening a nightclub or whatever you want. Be really clear about the object you're chasing. Does that object or the strategy, will that, if you're successful, Will that lead you to the ultimate goal of that which you desire? And in order to answer that question, you have to be clear about what it is that you desire. So clarity and just be, you know, avoid the shiny object, Titus syndrome. If you've picked a strategy like being with apartment buildings, okay, then stick with it. If the strategy is sound, and you're following a proven system and you're working with uh, some advisors, okay? If that's sound and you're struggling with, with it, you're maybe it's taking longer or it's harder than you think, you got to stick with it. That is really the secret to launching any kind of successful business, syndication be one of them. All right, guys, I'm off my soapbox now on shiny, shiny object, ties, clarity, and sticking with it. Hope you guys joined the show with Michael Flight today. Catch you next time.
1: Thanks for listening. Take the next step toward financial freedom by checking out our Freedom Vault, where you can find free resources to help you with apartment building investing. Whether you're an active investor just starting out or looking to scale your syndication business or looking to invest passively, head over to the slash vault to gain access to our Freedom Vault.